Darwin Paul. Um, I'm an alcoholic, and uh, it's a privilege to be asked to speak today, this morning. And um, um, yeah, I, <coughs> I come to Alcoholics Anonymous on February the seventh, nineteen eighty-six, and uh, I didn't want to be an alcoholic. My father was an alcoholic, and I thought, you know, the, the worst thing that could ever happen to me would to be an alcoholic. But these days, I realise. It's the best thing that ever happened because, you know, I would never have had any sort of life, you know, and um, I didn't know what self-respect was. I never, as a, as a young, as a young child, um, you know, I had, I had, I was very shy and introverted. You know, I couldn't, I found it very hard to speak and stuff like that. And um, were brought up in, a, in in sporting clubs and stuff like that. And I seen a, I seen what alcohol could do to people because I knew with my father. Yeah, some nights he'd come home and um, you know give you a hug, and other nights he'd be, he'd be hiding under the bed. So I knew that alcohol changed people, and um, there were a lot of fights and stuff like that. But I, but I couldn't wait to drink. It, it, I just never was comfortable with me. And once I got, once I became a teenager in high school, I had my first drunk. You know, I, I never had a drink in my life. Alcoholics don't have a drink; they have a drunk. And I had my first drunk, and. Um, you know, vomited everywhere and, you know, made a mess of myself. And, and um, you'd think after that, I was so ill. And um, we had a party. We used to have them, them days in the 70s, the 18 gallon kegs and stuff. And uh, when my stepfather said to me, You want to drink? Go on, drink, drink all you can. And uh, you think you're, you know, you think you're a big man, drink all you can. And gee, was I crook the next day. And you'd think after that, you wouldn't do it again, but I couldn't wait to drink again because it it, it made me ten foot tall and bulletproof, and um, I just love the stuff. I just absolutely loved it. I thought I felt so good, and uh, you know, it, as I said, it took all the fears and inhibitions because I I couldn't t- talk to girls or anything like that. I couldn't get out the front of a class. Um, when you get out the front of a class, and uh, you know, you got to talk in front of the class. I couldn't do anything like that. I was I was just so shy and introverted. I didn't know how to communicate. And um, yet my daughter, you know, I have a daughter um, who, you know, works in them areas. She can talk to people never even... If I had to do a talk, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night, you know. And I worried a lot and um, I couldn't... I just couldn't do anything. But once I had a drink, everything changed in my life. And alcohol become first, second, and third. I didn't care about anything else. I had a good education. I had a apprenticeship. It all went. Just couldn't do anything. I, you know, it just completely overtook my life. I would never admit it at, at the time as a youngster. I was always, you know, always going to do this and going to do that. But as I look back today, once I picked up that drink, Everything changed in my life, and um, in the Big Book of AA, they talk about the personality change. And I always wish that I could be like my uncle, have a couple of drinks and fall asleep in the corner. But I was a walkabout drunk, and um, I was very violent, aggressive, nasty, and all the anger and the resentments that I'd had, you know, because I was angry, you know, all that sort of stuff would come out when I drank. And my parents were picking me up early as the morning, you know, I'd be arguing or, you know, knocking on someone's door. I was just a madman on the loose. And um, when I was 17, 
an indigenous friend of mine who, who went to school with me, we played football together, said, you want to come to Darwin? He said, I've got some relatives up there. I couldn't get out of here. I couldn't get out of Adelaide quick enough. I'd all, I was already finished, but I didn't realise at the time. I mean, I was young, but I was already finished. The alcohol was already dictating. You know, as they say in AS, not how much you drink. It's not, it's not when you drink, why you drink. It's what it does to you. And it ruined me. But I loved it so much that I was, you know, people, anything that came between me and a drink had to go. And um, my mother, my sister got married back in the early 80s. And I remember I, I was only invited if I couldn't drink. And I remember how resentful I was at that, you know. And um, I said to why can't I drink? And they said, well, we don't know what you're going to do, you know. And um, but once I got to Darwin, you know, things became, I got a job at Jabiru. I started off all right. But it didn't last, you know, once I started getting into the drink. And up there, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't long before I was getting locked up. You're waking up in parks. Because I'd always go out for a good night, but it'd always end up, it would always end up, you know, in disaster. Well, not disaster, but always blackouts. I didn't know what blackouts was when I got to AA. But um, every cent I got went on drink. And towards the end of my drinking, I was... um living with these, uh, this family in Darwin, Indigenous family, and Annie Maria, who looked, took me in, um, used to say to me, you know, Paul, when you get your, when you get your doll check, you know, could go to St. Vinnie's and get a pair of jeans or a dollar. And I said, oh, Annie, I will, but if I got the Casarina Shopping Centre first, you know, it'd be the Flagons and Moselle, and off I'd go and um, drink and then and come back, you know, with no, no money, and expect them to look after me for the fortnight. That's what I was like. And um, But I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous in the Alcohol Drug Treatment Unit in Darwin in 1984. And, uh, you know, that's when I've, I could put the drink down, but I could never stay stopped. I got six weeks up in there, and I, that's when I was introduced to AA. But I didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't want to accept. I thought I was too young to be an alcoholic and a thousand other excuses. And uh, so... I'd always go back to the old environment. I didn't realise that I had to change my environment. You know, I, I don't mix in that life today, but them days, I didn't know any... The only people I knew were people that drank like me, and, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And um, I went to three rehabs in 18 months, and um, six weeks in that one, and Tanamai Lodge, another six weeks there, and then Forward, which is an Aboriginal rehab, in the beginning of 1986. And... Um, I got 10 weeks up, <coughs> we were doing, we did five meetings a week and there were people from Bathurst Island and I remember being in there and, and even though I wasn't a black fellow, they, you know, I was, the, I was accepted there because of, um, because I was an alcoholic and I remember I was very, very blessed to be in that rehab and there were people from Bathurst Island, I remember how gentle they were, how probably the most gentle spirited people I'd ever met and, um, you know, we went to five meetings a week. We have group therapies, and that's where my journey began. And um, I just kept going to meetings every night, you know, for the first three years. I, what did AA give me? Hope. It gave me self-respect, dignity. I started to laugh again. I started to... They said, don't pick up the first drink one day at a time. Keep coming back to meetings. And um, I, <clears throat> I was... I think I was given the gift of desperation, and I can't do any talks without mentioning, you know, without mentioning the higher power, because I know it ain't me, 
I know it wasn't me. And I prayed in that rehab. I went back to my room one night because I was okay when people were around me, but when I but when I was on my own, I really struggled, you know, because I couldn't live. I didn't. I hated myself, you know. I was a bum. I felt like such a bum. But we're not sick people trying to. Alcoholics are not bad people trying to get good. They're sick people trying to get well. And um, I went back to my room one night and um, I realised that it just dawned on me that it wasn't because what happened in my childhood. It wasn't because, you know, my girlfriend left me or my mother stole my dummy or whatever. It was because I was an alcoholic and I had to take responsibility for my life and um, put that drink down. As I said, I could put the drink down, but I couldn't stay stopped. And I had no living skills whatsoever. But it was... um, Jack Clancy was 14 years sober at the time. And he said to me, walk with us in recovery, Paul. You don't have to live that way anymore. I didn't know what he meant them days. But, um, uh, you know, I've had a wonderful life in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, It's just, you know, it's 34 and a half years. I haven't needed a drink since February the 7th, 1986. And it's all because of the grace of God. And the, the wonderful, the unconditional love, the powers of example, the encouragement I got in the rooms. And you know, I've made lifelong friends. And then people cared for me before I could care for me. I didn't know what, when they said be good to yourself, I had no idea. I had a self-destructive lifestyle, which alcoholism is. And Scott Jetty always says, you know, there's no shame being an alcoholic, but it's a damn shame if you don't do nothing about it. And uh, I went and lived with this lady. I went and lived in a sober home. I went to meetings every night. I met so many, you know, I met Typhoon Tony, who was a wonderful example to me. He used to say, meetings, meetings, meetings. And um, he said, there's no substitute for a meeting. And Dennis would know a few of the people I'm talking about. And um, I just started, I got a job. Um it's a long time ago, but it doesn't feel like a long time ago. But I realised that I was on my, I was on the um, bus to Casuarina Shopping Centre one day, and I've been going to meetings for about three months. And um, it dawned on me for the first time in my life I wasn't thinking about a drink. I just wasn't. I, I felt good, and nothing had happened. You know, I, I used to feel good when I drank, but when I took, when I wasn't drinking, I, I always felt that emptiness. I always had that. I was spiritual void, whatever. I was always felt so empty and lonely and lost. But um, I felt good this day, and I realized that the, the, the desire to drink was gone, and I, I, I took it back to that prayer I did in that rehab one night. I just prayed to God, and for me, it's not necessarily religious. I'm not a religious person. I'm, to me, Alcoholics Anonymous is a spiritual program, one human being helping another. You know, it's just like one... They help me. It's like... Uh, Snow used to say Alcoholics Anonymous is like a big army and um, we can carry our wounded until they can carry themselves because it took a long, long time. You know, once the booze was down, the emotions were out, you know, resentment, anger. You know, I was full of fears and anxieties. I, 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 so uncomfortable with me, but I hung in there. I never gave up and Broken Hill Jack said the three main, most important words in AA is never give up. You know, and God never made a nothing. You know what I mean? And um, God loves a trier, and that's all I've ever been. I've never really arrived anywhere, but I've never stopped going to meetings, and I still go to this day at least five a week. Um, I love Alcoholics Anonymous with a passion. I mean, it's given me 34 and a half bonus years, you know, and I've, I've, I think 
I've talked to a lot of people over the years and uh, that go to rehabs, and I've always said to them, the, the, the common theme to most people is um, the self-loathing, you know. Um, but when they come to the fellowship, if they hang around long enough, you know, that self-loathing becomes self-respect. And um, I said to you, I had to start to make an amends to my family, my mother and stuff like that, because I put them through hell. And uh, when I come down to Adelaide from Darwin, I was about 18 months in AA, and I went and make amends to my mother. And uh, I started reading a, a passage out of the big book, and she said, you don't have to read that, Paul. You've made amends to me. And I said, why is that, Mum? And she said, i tell you why. Because the phone doesn't ring 2 o'clock in the morning, reverse charge with this lunatic abusing me and threatening to, you know, threatening me and, and screaming and yelling like a madman. She said, I had to take the phone out of the, the phone off the hook. She said, but these days, she said, you being sober has given me peace of mind. I sleep, I sleep peacefully um, at night now. She said, I know you have your problems, but you being in AA has given me peace of mind. And I realized that day that when I started to take responsibility for my life, I allowed others to live. And that's what life's about. Life's about live and let live. You know, I can only do something about me. I can't, you know, I used to want, Broken Hill Jack said, don't worry about changing the world, Paul. It'll be the change you want to see in the world. I can only do something about me, you know. Um, being the best person that I can be is success today. I had all, I had life backwards. I was always trying to, it was all about, it was all about image and, you know, putting on a nice shirt and, 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 but I had nothing on the inside. You know, today that, you know, I feel good about me. I'm friends with me. And if I'm friends with me, I've got a chance to be friends with other people. And uh, remember, I took my first, a lady out when I first got sober. I couldn't talk to girls. And I said to my sponsor, Peter, I said, what do I do? I don't know what to do, Peter. And he said, he said I'll give you a tip, Paul. Allow, other, allow her to be yourself. And uh, what, a, what a gift that was. And, um, but sobriety hasn't always been easy. Um, you know, but they told me it was like you build a, it was like building a house. Every time you go to a meeting, you put a deposit in the spiritual bank book. And if you've got a strong foundation, when the storms of life come, the house won't fall over. And that's exactly what's happened. Um, you know, as I said, I'm a very fortunate person. Broken Hill Jack said to me once, he said, you know, the definition of a fortunate person is Paul. And I said, what's that, Jack? He said, a person who believes they're fortunate. And I'm fortunate today because I, I live in a home, not a house. Um, I live a very simple life. I have everything that I need. There's many people in the world that haven't got anything. I have everything that I need. I have three meals a day. Um, I live in a home. No more hangovers, no more lockups, no more fights, no more children hiding under chairs. You know, and uh, I had to make amends for, for a lot of things, when I, you know, and I'll be making amends the day that I die. But Blind Allen used to always say, he said, be an encourager because it's a very discouraging illness. And um, I never forget the older members. They were powers of example to me. And um, I never thought that I'd ever become friends with me. But in time, you do. You, you, you start to... AA is a simple program. It's just about living right. If you can't help someone, don't harm them. It's not... You don't have to be a rocket science to get this program. you just got to have the want. Uh, members said to me, AA is not for people who need it. AA is for people who want it. And there's only two types of alcoholics, men and women. And uh, I've, I've learned, I've probably learned more from the females in AA than I have the males. I've learned 
so much. Uh, I knew nothing about emotions. I knew nothing about love and care, and I couldn't hug anybody. It took me years. And it had nothing to do with them. It's because of how I felt about me. But these days, um, you know, I've got... I've been married three times. I've had personal relationships I've always found difficult, you know. Um, I've always found difficult. But, um, you know, when I... When I um, look, you know, my oldest son is 30. Uh, he's he's locked up. He's been <clears throat> locked up for a few years now for addiction. And I have a daughter, 29, who's a, he's a police officer in Tennant Creek. I have another three children from my first marriage. And then I have a, a daughter, 22, who works on the GAN. Um, and a son, 17, he's got some problems. They definitely... It, Alcoholism is hereditary. There's no doubt about it. My father was an alcoholic, and, and so am I. And, and I'm, I have a few of my sons that have addiction problems, but I don't. I, I try to accept them as they are, not as I want them to be. It's not about me, you know. Life's not about me today. I don't live in a world of one, one anymore. And I've been five years married, I think, in a couple of days to my new wife. And... Um, Members of AA say she's a gift to me, and, and I realise today that you start to get well when you realise the people around you are blessings to you. You're not the blessing to them, they're the blessing to you. And I have two young girls today, two and three, and a wife for five years, and, I, and I'm, I'm reasonably happy. You know, I've still... <clears throat> my wife doesn't have to go to meetings. She's happy in herself, you know, but I find if I didn't go to... Me- if, I, if the members of Alcoholics Anonymous in Darwin weren't there for me when I first came in, I wouldn't be here sober today. And if, when people say to me, why, why is your sobriety so important to you? It's because it's been the most difficult, toughest thing I've ever done in my life because I've never stuck to anything for longer than 10 minutes. But thank God I've kept coming back to meetings. And uh, I pray today. I, I, I pray for other people. I don't pray for me. Why would I pray for me? I've got everything that I need. And um, I think the, the great, some of the gifts of AA, um, the friendships, um, I love my children, my son, I give my, my son's 27, he just come in to get the lawnmower, I don't see him much, but I, he comes up and gives me a hug and says, Dad, I love you, and I give him a hug and say, I love you too. That's what AA's given me, you know, tell your kids you love them. I remember years ago, Orish Pete said to me, he said, you do you tell your kids you love them when they were young? I said, oh, they already know. He said, tell them anyway, because if you don't, who's going to? See, I thought being emotional was a weakness. You know, showing love was a weakness, and today I realise it's a strength. Being emotional is a strength, not a weakness. And, um, you know, I, I, it's important that the people around me know that I care about them, because I know what love is today. You know, and I just didn't know anything. I never knew nothing about life when I come to AI. I was just a lost I knew nothing about me, you know, and, um, but, uh, you know, I think some of the things, I put the 12 steps into my life, um, I just finished on this, I've talked long enough, but, um, you know, when I was 16 years in AA, <coughs> I rang Peter and I said, Irish Pete, and I said, I'm 16 years sober, and he said to me, well, that's good, you know, and, um, he said, can I ask you something? You know, when you leave this world, do you think the man upstairs is going to ask you how long you were sober, Paul? 
well, what did you do with the sobriety I gave you? And I think that's important. And we don't, in AA, I am responsible. Anyone, anywhere reaches out for help. It doesn't have to be an alcoholic, anybody. You know, if, if an old lady's walking across the street and she can't carry the her shopping or whatever, and she, you know, my sponsor said, you go and ask her and she needs a hand. It ain't people pleasing, it's being a decent human being. <clears throat> and that's what this program's about. But um, when I left rehab, Many years ago, Kimberly Hunter, excuse me, Kimberly Hunter said to me, he said, I'll give you a tip, Paul, if you try to do this program on your own, you were doomed. And I wasn't, didn't want to hear that. He said, it's like this, I'll tell you, he said, it's like one matchstick. You can break one matchstick, but try to break 50. He said, he said, for God's sake, stick with the strength. And I used to say, get in the middle of A, not around the outskirts. There's a big difference between being around A and in it. And I didn't get sober until I got in it, you know, and um, because it's a, an old Greek man used to say in Darwin, he said, what happens to the lamb that leaves the flock of sheep, the dingo gets him. So I had to get fair dingo, I had to get the middle of AA, and um, they often talked about the boomerang, you know, we all know you throw a boomerang and it comes back to you, and that's life. Whatever I give out in my life, I get back tenfold. If I want to walk around angry, like they used to say, not put my hand out, a closed fist never receives, they said to me. And if you want revenge, dig, dig two graves. I had to realise that I cannot, I have to, I have to count my blessings. And, I, and, and, you know, and, you know, it's not, the blame game has to stop, you know, and I had to stop blaming, you know. You know, my, my, my family done as good as they, best as they could. And um, I had to make amends to my father, and I did not like my old man. Um, he, was, he was a bully. He really was. And um, we had so many fights over the years. But um, I said to Broken George, I said, I don't know if I can love that man. And he said, you don't have to love him. You just can't afford to hate him. And I could live with that. And when he passed away a few years ago, you know, we were friends. We were friends. You know, which is a lot better than being enemies. And what gave me that Alcoholics Anonymous gave it all to me, you know. And um, so I think my half an hour is up. But anybody that's out there, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous works. It works for people who want it. And um, there's, I went to, I had psychologists, and I'm not knocking them. I went to church, and I, I tried to put, I couldn't do it for other people. I had to do this program for myself. They say that. You have to do it for yourself, but you don't have to do it by yourself. And um, you know, I just kept—I've just kept close to AA over the years. I've known Dennis, and just kept close to AA. Go back, and and I go back because I want—I need to stay sober. My sobriety is the most important, precious gift that's ever been given to me. I realise how fortunate I was to get out of that gutter on Nightcliff Beach. That's my last drink. You know, I've never forgot my last drink. It was in a Nightcliff Road. About 10 o'clock in the morning after a three-day bender with an empty flag and a wine, 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, I've had that many trouble with skin cancers over the years because I never wore a hat, and uh, I'll never forget that. And um, I knew that day it was over, you know. And um, as I said when I first started to share, coming to Alcoholics Anonymous has been the greatest gift ever given to me, and um, I didn't want to be there to start with. I thought my life... You know, it's the pits, you know, sitting in rooms with old people and having drinking tea and coffee. That's not living. But I realise today that I've learned so much from the, the wisdom of this program and the people that I've met 
and the families. You know, if the see if the parents, if the children, if the parents make it, so do the children. You know, and if the parents don't, what's what chance the kids got? And um, I love my family today, and um, you know. All I can say, um, I can't speak highly enough for this wonderful program and the unconditional love I've had and the, when you're down, you know, when, I've, many times I've been so depressed. I've, I just want to finish on depression. Um, cause I have, I've had depression, but I'm an, I'm not a depressed, I'm not a depressed person that has an alcohol problem. I'm an alcoholic that has depression. And see, depression is not a weakness, it's an illness. It's the same as alcoholism. And I've had to get... I'm not ashamed to say that I've had to get help for that. But I do the best that I can. You know, I've um, had times in my recovery where I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't... It was an, like climbing a mountain just to put the kettle on. And um, so I've, it's been ups and downs. But it's like you can't appreciate the sunshine unless you have the rain. And, you know, if you don't heal, you don't, if you don't feel, you don't heal. And you've got to... It's painful. It's not easy. If Alcoholics Anonymous was easy, we'd have hundreds and thousands of people at meetings, but we don't. There's many, many empty chairs uh, in AA meetings these days and because uh, people just don't come back because it takes courage to look at oneself and, and, and change. And I had to do that if I wanted to stay on the planet. I had to because I couldn't live with me. I had to get rid of resentments and anger. And But... Um, you know, and my wife, I just want to finish what a gift she is. I mean, my wife, I mean, I, I still get angry. I'm a human being as well as an alcoholic. I still get I get speeding fines. I get angry. I get, but I don't stay that way, you know, because I have prayer in my life today. And um, when me and my wife, my, um, we don't argue because she just, we don't argue because she just won't. She just says to me, you know, I don't want to argue with you, Paul, because I might say something I regret and just walks away. You know, she. I've learned so much from my wife. You know, I've learned so much from other people, and um, they they often say, "Learn from other people," because you won't live long enough to learn everything for yourself. You know, and um, but it's a wonderful gift. Um, there's a healing power in the rooms of AA, and alcoholism has destroyed my family. I've lost a sister a few years ago. Um, it's just, it's so destructive. And um, but hope is available. And they used to, when I came in, it was many years ago, thirty-four years ago. Now they used to have a um, a thing in Darwin, like a, a a piece of paper, and used to say, "If you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to, if you want to stop it, let it make it ours." And thank God, them people were there for me when I first come to meetings in my early years. So I just want to thank. Uh, I think it's Joe and Dennis. Thank you very much for allowing me the privilege to share. And um, I hope that I've made sense because I've never talked into a phone before. But um, you know, anyone out there, God bless and, and never give up. Don't leave, just never give up. That's the only three words I can say to any person um, in life is never give up. You know, because um, you know things change. You know, things do change. You know, I thought there were times I'd never. I thought I'd never work again. I thought I'd never laugh again. But God answers prayers in three ways. Yes, no, and wait. And um, I have everything that I need. I'm a happy person. I have everything I need. And um, healthy kids live in the greatest country on earth. You know, I love Australia. We're so blessed in this country. And um, times have been difficult of late. 
but um, at least we can go out and about and you know walk out and, and you know enjoy the sunshine and the simple things in life that I thought were boring, you know, like going down the beach and just to go into the swings with the kids. They're the things I do today. So uh, God bless you all and thank you for allowing me to share. We have local meetings uh, for the full week in the local area. Uh, Monday's Gala meeting at 8 o'clock. Tuesday's Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Wednesday's Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Thursday's Two Wells at 8 o'clock. And Friday's Salisbury at 8 o'clock. There's a meeting at Daveron Park at 12 o'clock and on Sunday there's a meeting in Salisbury at 7 o'clock and many other meetings in the area. For details of your local meetings, please phone 1300-222222. And once again, if anyone you know is struggling with alcohol issues, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on 1300-222222. Or check out their website on air.org.au. I'm safe, I'm high.